0: So this. <laughs> Thank <laughs> That's <laughs> you yes.
1: If we do not do what we cannot do, that's not a problem. But if we do not do what we can do, we are a disaster So, if… if when I am doing something, I am always looking at what you are doing, inevitably I will not do what I can do and I will become a disaster. It's very important that I am doing everything I can do absolutely and if you're doing something different, I can look at you once in a way just for the joy of seeing somebody's success. But if you're concerned about how to be better than somebody, you cannot enjoy anybody's success, nor can you enjoy your own success I'm not one of those female fans, I. you know.
2: You're saying I don't want to be better than anybody. You change the direction. (laughs) You know, Guruji, I feel all of these things. I genuinely feel them. I don't want to be better than anybody. I want to enjoy my process, enjoy what I am doing, enjoy what other people are doing. I'm just not able to articulate it. (laughs) That's why. That's why you are here. (laughs) So, which brings me to this concept. You mentioned success. You know, and everybody. Uh, you know I've noticed is trying to define success. Uh, along the way, I came across a meaning that I really liked. Um, it was success is the uh, magnitude of the beneficial footprint that you can leave on society. I like that definition. One of the definitions of success <laughs> that I liked. But uh, what what is what is your take on this concept? What is success? I mean, we're here is the purpose of life. Are we here to procreate? If we procreate, are we successful? Like what is... how do you... Cons- what do you... how do you consider yourself like, ah, huh, now I'm successful?
1: Well, procreation we have done a lot in the country <laughs> 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 uh, This definition what you said will lead to make life absolutely utilitarian. Even my success should be useful. Well, a peacock is dancing. What is the use of it? There is no use and that's what is beautiful about it. it to attract the mate, no? I thought. That's what I do, I'm sorry. No, to your eyes, you shouldn't get… <laughs> you shouldn't get attracted to me
3: <laughs>
1: The thing is, everything that's beautiful in the world, what is the use of it? This is why people are asking this, asking this everlasting dumb question what is the purpose of life?
2: (laughs) Sir, I put… so yesterday, I put a tweet out saying, I'm meeting Sadhguruji tomorrow, what should I ask him? And eighty percent was, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? I was like, guys, just come up with something else,
1: please. So, when you ask what is the purpose of life, essentially you are asking, what is the use of life? There is no use, even if you are not (laughs) born, everything would be fine, believe (laughs) me. Actually, it would be better. (laughs) (laughs) There is no purpose. Life is a phenomena beyond this nonsensical, logical calculations about what is the purpose of this, what is the purpose of that, what is the use of this, there is no use. It is just that life is a bigger phenomena than your intellect. Your intellect is just a small part of this life. Unfortunately, you're thinking life is contained in your intellect. No, your intellect is contained in this life process. Just one aspect of it. It's just one dimension of intelligence. There are many other dimensions of intelligence. Today science is telling you what a bug knows you do not know. What a grasshopper knows you do not know actually, isn't it so? From Bangalore, from here in this Karnataka, There are dragonflies, you've seen the dragonflies. Every year they're traveling all the way to Africa, East… African East Coast, multiplying there and again coming back. Okay, without any kind of navigation equipment or anything, these tiny little insects, they're going all the way to Africa and coming back. Could you do it, I'm asking, without any instruments? Could you just follow the waves and simply sit on a log and go to Africa and come back? I'm saying, look at the intelligence in a small insect. Like this intelligence is all over the place. The entire universe is just a living intelligence. You have captured a little bit too
2: (laughs) So sir, today we are here essentially to sense the future. Now, what is this? Why, wha, why have we given this title to this session, sensing the future? Now, I've heard you before saying, the moment right now is eternity. This time travel, past, present, <laughs> past, future is all nothing.
1: Everything is now. doesn't matter what I say, you tell me. Have you ever experienced Tell…
2: tell chef, tell him that this sensing the future is wrong. No,
1: no, no, that's not… <laughs> what is future? What is future is what? Generally, when people want to know future, they go to an astrologer (laughs) or they go to a match fixer (laughs) So, uh, people want to find a job, they will want to go and find out through an astrologer or whatever other crystal gazers or whatever, they want to find out what will happen through my career or they want to get married they want to go and ask somebody, what will happen in my marriage? I think it's obscene. Obscene is the word you choose. Yes. How am I going to live with my wife? You want somebody, third person to tell you. (laughs) I think it is obscene. (laughs) I'd have to agree. So, essentially you're a match fixer. No, I'm not saying matchmaking like that. It's a match fixer. So before you enter the game, you want to know the result. That's what it is. So I can tell you right now what will happen at the end of your life. We will be atten- attending your funeral <laughs> That's what will happen. Yes? If you want to know the future, I will tell you right now <laughs> Hello. So on the way what will happen, that's what you want to know. On the way to my grave, what will happen on the way? Believe me, if I tell you everything, moment to moment what will happen in the next whatever number of years you're going to live, you will see in three days you will get so desperate, somehow you will want to disprove what is said and uh, you may commit suicide just to prove me wrong (laughs) because it'll become so frustrating that everything is written down, what you will do and what you will not do, it will become so frustrating you will not want to live. So when you're in this state of mind, when I say in this state of mind, if you… if I tell you what will happen tomorrow, most people will not be capable of participating in today. I'm made like this, even if I know exactly what will happen tomorrow, today everything that I do, I will do it as if my life depends on it, even though I know the result tomorrow.
2: I think… But, I think everybody should live like that, live in the now, like do what you're doing at that most point… most people,
1: where... if they come to know what will happen tomorrow, they will not participate today. That means they won't live. So they, it is best that they do not know what is tomorrow. So can we change the topic to sensing right now? No, no, Sensing, Sensing (laughs) tomorrow is not in that sense. (laughs) Sensing tomorrow is so that we do the right things today. You have some picture of tomorrow so that you can do the right things today. That's important. If we don't foresee in some way, then we won't know how to do anything in our life. So sensing tomorrow is one thing, predicting tomorrow is another thing, Having absolute self-tomorrow is a total foolishness. <laughs> or it's mystic. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you know,
2: I, ha- I feel technology um, constantly evolving and I have a feeling like mobile phones have really changed the way we are. You know, it's having a huge bearing on pretty much everything. It's permeating everything. Um, social media, mobile phones, this kind of technology. Like sometimes I wonder, were human beings ever meant to communicate like this? Like I could be hanging in a jungle in Africa talking to uh, somebody who's at the North Pole, you know? That kind of communication. I could be FaceTiming with them now. I can actually see their face, you know? So this you're kind being of… you being
1: with a chimpanzee, you're being with an Eskimo. <laughs> Wrong. You went to Africa to be with a chimpanzee, not with an Eskimo.
2: But I'm saying I still have that capability thanks to technology. And with that now comes along social media. It's really changing things, you know. Um, And as like people who are kids who are 18, 19 now, are much more into it. They know how to use these things much better. Like I I still was born when there were landlines, you know. So FaceTime is still a trip for me. So, what, what is your take on, on, you know, mobile phone technology and social media? What is it doing? How is it? Is it the new evolution? Like, this is what human beings were and now we have a cell phone and that is the extension of us now.
1: See, every machine we have created is just about this, extending our faculties in some way. We have visual capabilities, so we have a telescope and a microscope. We can speak, so we have a microphone and a telephone. Like this, every technology is just an extension of our existing faculties. Now if I speak through a landline, it was okay, but now I have a mobile phone which is far more comfortable, now that is not okay? No, it's perfectly okay. I know what landlines meant. I'm talking about Thirty-five, thirty-six years ago, when I was driving all over the country building Isha Foundation, village to village, town to town, always on the road. So I have telephone days. I don't know whether you have seen those things, maybe you're too… You you should have seen. The blue boxes, you know, those telephone booths, uh, local STD, ISD, those blue boxes, horrible tin boxes. So on the highway, I will find one blue box, it's my day to call. (laughs) So I never had a telephone book, very easily I remembered 800 to 900 numbers and names. So I go, first as soon as I go, I will pull out 5000 rupees and give it to that guy. He won't understand why. I said, just keep it, there's a down payment for you. (laughs) Because normally a call costs you 5 rupees, 10 rupees, 15 rupees, like this. I give him 5000 rupees, he doesn't know what's coming. (laughs) Now I go into the booth, this black, horrible-smelling phone. Some of them had it serviced with some perfume, rest were everybody's bad breath was there in it. (laughs) Then I call and call and call four, five, six hours, I make all the calls I need to make for the month. And then people, other people who want to make phone calls, some local calls, something, they all come there, they're gesticulating at me that I'm not coming out. But that guy takes care of them because I already paid him five thousand bucks (laughs) So I would finish all my calls and get into my car and drive on. Today if I just tell somebody's name, my phone calls, yeah, it's a done thing. I'm hugely appreciating the technology (laughs) (laughs) Some people are complaining, but they're complaining not about the technology. They do not know that what they're actually complaining is about their own compulsiveness. Compulsive usage has come. This problem is not just with phone. If they start eating, they don't know when to stop eating. If they start drinking, they don't know when to stop drinking. If they start doing something, they don't know when to stop it. So this compulsiveness is there in all aspects of life. Now the gadget has become a drug. It keeps people engaged, but it's also keeping lot of people out of drink (laughs) At least there's something good about it (laughs) So compulsiveness is not what we need to handle. Technology is a tremendous enabler. Nobody should ever complain about it, otherwise we must put you in that blue box with a black phone. You will understand, even my finger used to hurt a lot at the end of the phone calls.
2: Guruji, <laughs> I keep wondering, what is it that prompts you to travel, share your knowledge, share your wisdom with others? Why wouldn't you like say, yes, have more Maya, give it all up, go to the mountains and meditate? <laughs> I, I fantasize about doing that. I'm like, <laughs> one day I'm going to leave all of this. I'm going to
1: go sit on top of a mountain and meditate. See, uh... You would, uh, anybody for that matter, would want to drop this and do something else, why? Because in some way they're finding this burdensome, mm. isn't it? I don't have to go on a mountain top to meditate. <laughs> I'm meditative every moment of my life. You just check my pulse oh sorry. and
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You always bowling in the wrong direction <laughs> You are saying such chumma things (laughs) You watched Padma Vatna last night (laughs) (laughs) So you check my pulse rate, you will see I am always meditative. So I don't have to go somewhere to meditate. This is what I was saying when the previous What's the Purpose of Life came. See if you fix a purpose of life, you will do what you think is right. If you don't fix any purpose to life, you will do whatever is needed and that's what is most important today. That we do what is needed, not what we fancy.
2: I don't know what is it that I need to do, how will I know (laughs) See, can I… can I be honest with you and tell you that I find a comp… truth, I…
1: I feel a compulsion To entertain people. Does that make any sense to you? Yes, so many people cannot even smile or laugh unless they sit in a cinema. They can't do it with their neighbors, they can't do it with their family. The best place for them is a cinema hall, they can laugh because it's a dark place. (laughs) So you're doing a good job I heard (laughs)
2: Um, I, sometimes I feel like there's nothing better I can do with myself than to entertain people. You know, it's like, I can, this is one thing I know I can do it well and I can, you know, I can, I can make people smile. I love to do that. You know, when somebody sees me on the road, they're like, ah! and then I'm like, Hey, you know, you give that energy back to them and it lights them up. I, 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 I find it fills me up with some euphoric
1: feeling. It is also needed right now. Entertainment is very needed because people are not simply ecstatic by themselves. Entertainment is very, very needed. Otherwise, a lot of them would sink into depressions. So, you are doing a very cheap psychiatry (laughs) (laughs) When I say cheap, I mean inexpensive. Not cheap means that way. No, no. I didn't mean that way
2: (laughs) I meant very… It's not cheap five-hundred bucks to go to a multiplex nowadays I know but weekend. to go to your
1: psychiatrist, do you know what's the fee <laughs> So, inexpensive psychiatry, at least they go there for those three hours, they feel good and they come… Especially in a country like India, where uh, a whole lot of people are in… living in abject poverty, I think cricket and cinema is keeping the mood of the country <laughs> little up. I wish… Uh, slowly that changes in the sense that people will be joyful by their own nature. They don't need… Are please Guruji, I'll be out of a job, here. Yeah. <laughs> then I will teach you how to do something else which will still…
2: <laughs> Asli psychiatry <laughs> um, This is a question that, you know, sometimes this is not my… Pati- no, no, I…
1: when I was… I, I was never interested in the, you know, the examinations and things that happened. But I saw people sometimes, many times, desperately copying answers in the examinations and things like that. But I never saw anybody copying questions like this.
2: What do you mean here yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Guruji, <laughs> is it not fair, us huh? <laughs> So diligently I've done my homework and all, have come with sheets and all. So this was an… In by just just so you know, I have not followed any of this. Uh, I just made my point so I don't miss any. There's some stuff I really want to ask you. This is an
1: introduction. That's, what they, did they were, bolna, that's what they did when they were caught copying. They said, no, <laughs> sir, I
2: didn't… <laughs> 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 uh, this, I to put it out on Twitter, sir, where I am full of Kullam Kullam. Um, so, uh, I really, this is, you know, not my time of the day. It's really early in the morning. This is my time to be plugged into the matrix, to be in the rat race, achieve, achieve, acquire, acquire. And then something happens to me after midnight when the day is over, I become really relaxed and then like, I have these extra existen- existential thoughts and I start thinking about other things. Um. And this this thing always fascinates me. I find that I find the universe to be in some kind of dichotomy. I want you to explain that to me. I know you can elaborate on it because I've seen so many seen you talk for so long on YouTube. I know you'll tell me something. I've never been able to figure it out. See, you know? I never
1: said your movie was too long.
2: So <laughs> 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 you'll have to take it up with Mr. Bansali Menethokata. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, there's always, there's like, there's light, darkness, black, white, yes, no. Um, life, death. There's always, I always find the universe to be in some kind of dichotomy,
1: you know, is, is the. Is that the sense in which but you're talking wh- about? But is it
2: like, uh, do you find that too? No, I, w- like,
1: I want to understand. In what sense are you calling it as a dichotomy?
2: Like, eh, whatever, like when I have these thoughts, I'm like, there's always two things at play, you know? In, in mm-hmm. every, every s- aspect of life, big, small, there's always an <coughs> opposite. Uh, is, like, can you elaborate on that? I need a few minutes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bhari (laughs) Saval (laughs) Pucha Bhaine.
1: About before coming to the dichotomy The very way you are characterizing yourself and the question that you are asking itself is a dichotomy People always thought Charlie Chaplin was very funny. But if you listen to his private talks and things like that, there was a deep sense of uh, agony yeah. in him. He was, he was especially sensitive to the agonies of yes. life. Yes. What an artist. But. When you see him on the screen, he just made it just so ridiculously funny, hilarious all the time. Everything, every step, every act, not just some act, just every step and every act is hilarious. If you sit in front of… if you sit watching a Charlie Chaplin movie, you don't laugh at a particular thing, you just laugh at everything (laughs) So because there was such a deep agony, He decided instead of sharing this agony with people, he decided at least he'll make them laugh and because somewhere he understands this agony could exist in a whole lot of people in different measure, of course. So when we say dichotomy, we're talking about contradictions. You said light and darkness, let's take that because that's a very basic day and night, light and darkness. There are many ways to look at this. One fundamental way is like this. There is light right now. You know there is light right now only because you have seen darkness. Suppose let us say twenty-four hours of the day, everything from your childhood, everything was lit, you would not know what is light. So you know light only because in some way you have tasted darkness. You know what is white only because you've seen the black. You know what is a man only because you've seen a woman. You know what's a day only because you've seen a night. So what seems to be contradictory on the logical level of your mind, in terms of making of life, they're complementary to each other. They're working with each other but pretending to be opposite to each other. This is why in this culture everywhere in the world, not just here. In one way or the other, they figured this and they made it in so many ways. They called it Yin and Yang, here we called it Shiva Shakti and uh, if you see the images of Shiva, one half of him is man, another half of him is woman, physically. Because what is being depicted here is, this is the nature of physical existence, as long as as long as your experience of life is limited to physical. When I say physical, right now everything that you can see has to be physical, isn't it so? Can you see something that's not physical? Can you hear something that's not physical? Can you smell, taste or touch that which is not physical? Or in other words, your entire experience of life is physical, even your thought and emotion is physical. We can measure it today. We can measure your thought and emotion, that means it's physical. So your whole experience of life is limited to the physical dimension of the existence. And the very nature of physicality can only happen with this. Even if you take uh, the basic electric charges, there is a positive and a negative. Without that, it will not work. If you take an atom, there are positives and negatives. So the very construction of physical nature is between two opposites are two complementary dimensions of life. So when you live here, if you live here with the necessary perception, in a very brief amount of time, one can realize this contradiction or this complementary nature of these two things can go on playing endlessly upon you without taking you anywhere. When you realize that, that the physical will not get you anywhere, that is when you turn spiritual. It does not mean you rejected the physical, you're still living in the body, you're still living in this world, it is physical, but this is the longing of every human being, it's not just some spiritual person. Every human being is trying to touch something beyond what they are right now. If you know money, you're just thinking more money. If you know power, you're thinking more power. If you know pleasure, you're thinking more pleasure. If you know love, more love. If you know knowledge, more knowledge. Whatever it is, you're always trying to touch something more. If it finds this longing to become something more, if it finds a very basic physical expression, we call this sexuality. All you're trying to do is be something more than what you are. Something that's not you, you're trying to make it a part of yourself. If it finds an emotional expression, we call this love. Love. Once again, emotionally you're trying to make something that is not you as a part of yourself. If it finds a mental expression, it gets labeled as greed, ambition, conquest or (laughs) simply shopping (laughs) Something that's not you, you're trying to make it yourself. But if it finds a conscious expression, then we call it yoga. Yoga means union. Yoga doesn't mean twisting and turning. Yoga means union. Why do you have to know union? Because that's the nature of the existence. On the surface, it seems contradictory. If you go deep enough, suddenly it is not contradictory. There is a union. What is it that separates you from the rest? Right now all of you can do this experiment, you also. Take your right hand and touch your left hand. Is that you? I mean… Is that you? It's a part of me. It's not you. It's me. It's you. Touch this seat on which you're sitting. Is that you? Now, I'll go very deep, Guruji. (laughs) I can also do. Go go as deep as you are. (laughs) It's not you, obviously. No,
2: it is me. Everything is me.
1: Everything is. Pura good. Brahman! Hmm? Huh? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I. I. I believe.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, everything the, is. The, this is a problem of being born in India. You only said it! You only said it! That, that is, too much spiritual <laughs> jargon is all over the place without any living experience.
2: <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> This is what happens <laughs> when you do watch too much late-night Sadhguru on YouTube
1: <laughs> Everybody is talking Anda Pinda Brahmanda, but even if a mosquito bites, it bothers them <laughs> So, it clearly tells you, this is me, this is not me. What is telling you this? It's just your sensations, isn't it? Here if you touch, there is a sensory response. Here if you touch, there is no sensory response. Or in other words, what you are saying is, whatever is within the boundaries of my sensation is me. Whatever is outside the boundaries of my sensation is not me. Isn't it so? Isn't it so? There is water in this, nothing else, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because this happened. Uh, I was… I had to go for one match. I had to go to… Petersburg and come back to Moscow for another match. So at the airport, we had a… these days they don't give me plastic bottles of water, they always have glass bottles of water. There's a glass bottle and uh, that has the same shape as usually how the vodka bottles are made, (laughs) you know And uh, this bottle came in the screening in the airport and uh, the lady said, "Uh, you can't take it. So the person who was with me pulled out the bottle and said, Sadhguru, would you like to drink? I took it up and I started drinking. I drank half the bottle. That lady's face just (laughs) went pale She started telling the other Sadhguru, He's just drinking, he's drinking (laughs) Then this person is trying to explain to her, no, it's water but she doesn't understand a word of English. She's just started almost getting hysterical, he's drinking half a bottle of yodka right here (laughs) Then we went close and showed it's printed in Russian, it is water. Then (laughs) she said, but the bottle was like that. So, the question is this, there is water here. Is this you? Hello? No. If you drink it, does it become you? Yes, right now over seventy percent of your body is water. So what was outside? If you include it into the boundaries of your sensation, it becomes you, isn't it? And this is how you gathered this entire body, the food that you eat and the water that you drink, slowly you gathered into the boundaries of your sensation and now it feels hundred percent like you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gathering a lot of protein these days. (laughs) So, what is not you becomes you every day. Every day it's happening to you. What yoga means is, you make your life energy so exuberant that your sensory body expands. You heard a phantom leg, somebody lost a leg, though their physical leg is gone, they still have all the sensory leg in place because sensory body has a presence of its own. If you become very exuberant within yourself, you will see your sensory body will spread. Suppose your sensory body became as large as this hall, you would experience all these people just as you experience your hands and fingers. If your sensory body became as large as this universe, you experience the entire universe as a part of yourself. That is when somebody calls you that you are a yogi, that means you've experienced the union. Now, (laughs) if for one moment, if you experienced all these people, Really, like how you experience your body, you experienced all these people for just one moment. After that, do I have to teach you morality? Thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou shall not harm. Do you have to teach them various kinds of morality What is a part of you? You have no issue with it of any kind, isn't it? This is what essentially spiritual process means. That is, you transcended transcended the limitations of your physical existence. Spirituality does not mean looking up or looking down. Spiritual process means you understood the limitations of physical and extended your experience to something beyond your physical nature. Because what is physical about you is fully accumulated from outside. Even the first two cells was given to you by somebody, isn't it? Hello. Even the first two cells are not yours. Your parents gave it to you, rest of it is just earth. Most people don't get it till you bury them. <laughs> but if you get it right now that what you're carrying as my body is just a piece of the planet, what you're carrying as my mind is just what you've gathered from the society in which you exist, beyond this there is something called life. This must come into your experience. If that comes into your experience, This dichotomy business is gone because this contradictory nature or complementary nature of opposites is only related to the physical existence. Physical is like the peel of a fruit. The peel of the fruit is there only as a protective layer. But right now we have made a world where people are busy eating the peel. But the problem with the peel is if it was totally bitter, by now everybody would be enlightened. The problem is there are spots of sweetness in the peel. People are trying to make juice out of that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to look within. What do I need to do, Guruji? I want to… if I were to say this, make this statement, I want to be at one, at
1: peace with myself, what do you suggest I do? Say peace is a very poor aspiration. <laughs> no. Why I'm saying this is no, this is not to just negate you. Uh, unfortunately, even so-called spiritual leaders are going about saying the ultimate goal of life is to be peaceful. I'm asking all of you a simple question. Every one of you know the answers. It's just that somehow you determine not to use it in your life. It's not that you do not know. Tell me. Can you enjoy your lunch if… Even if you're not ecstatic, at least you must be peaceful to enjoy your lunch, isn't it so? Hello? A handful of people who live around you, work with you, can you enjoy their presence? Even if you're not blissful, at least you must be peaceful, isn't it? Just to enjoy your walk on the street, you must at least be peaceful, is it so? So I'm asking, Is peace a fundamental requirement in your life or is it the ultimate goal of your life? Fundamental requirement. So why is somebody making it as the last thing that will happen in your life? It must be the first thing that happens to you, isn't it? (laughs) So do not… do not ever hold peace as a ultimate aspiration because peace is a basic requirement. Every creature If their stomach is full, they sit peacefully, except human beings. (laughs) Yes or no? You have a dog at home, feed him well, he sits there peacefully, isn't it? What is the human problem? The human problem is just this, they are not able to handle their own intelligence. That's all their problem is. This happened unfortunately, about two and a half months ago, A lady, a television anchor in Andhra Pradesh, jumped off the fifth floor window and killed herself and she left a note, nobody is responsible for my death, my brain is my enemy. She articulated it one-hundred percent. In fact, this is the reality with most human beings, it's their brains which is the problem. You remove half their brains, they will all sit peacefully (laughs) You must act, you must act, how they will sit. No, if you remove half their veins, how they will sit, you are the actor, you must show
2: (laughs) So then sir, if peace is the basic requirement,
1: what… what's a better way of being, ecstasy, ecstatic? See, let's understand this, peace means a certain stability. It's very nice. When things are stable within you, that means you are balanced. Then you can use your body and the many faculties that you have in a sensible way because you are peaceful. If you are agitated, you cannot use it in a sensible way, it will go all over the place. As I said earlier, you cannot even do what you can do. If you cannot do what you cannot do, that's not the problem. When you do not do what you can do, a disaster is unfolding in our life, isn't it? When you're not peaceful, this is what is happening. So that's a fundamental thing. So if your experience of life, if your mental state becomes pleasant, we say you're peaceful. If it becomes very pleasant, we say you're joyful. If your physical body becomes pleasant, we say you're healthy. If it becomes very pleasant, we say you're in pleasure. If your emotion becomes pleasant, we say you're in love. (laughs) If it becomes very pleasant, you are in compassion. If your very very life energies become pleasant, you are blissful. If it becomes very pleasant, we say you're in ecstasy. Ecstasy is a certain peak. Don't try to stay there. It's something that you hit. (laughs) How often do you hit is a question for each individual. But to be blissed out every moment of your life is a living reality for everybody. What is… Is this a goal by itself? No. If you are blissed out by yourself, what it means is you are never the issue in your life. There are thousand issues to handle. If you are not the issue, you would take up every damn issue in the world and try to handle it, isn't it? But when you yourself are an issue, what will you do? You will try to minimize… minimize your life. People are always warning me, Sadhguru, you're taking such big projects, if they don't happen, what… what to do? If They don't happen, what to do? They didn't happen. But I don't want to die not trying. Whatever we can do, we will do. Maybe it will happen, maybe it will not happen. It depends on times, it depends on support, it depends on various things. But if you are blissed out, you are never the issue in your life. This one thing everybody must make sure, there are thousand issues in life but I am not the issue. That means you have decided you are always a part of the solution, never a part of the problem. You got it right.
2: I have a feeling you and I can hang a lot. We can become bros.
1: I thought we already are. <laughs> you know, See, my are, best friend said… Both of us are looking up only. <laughs> your swag is unmatchable.
2: My best friends did say that when you meet him, your life will change and I think to a certain degree it has. Thank you, sir. <laughs>
1: And uh, you that so many youths are right now being entertained by you, I want you to take advantage of this. And because India is a youthful nation, our demographics are such, fifty percent plus or below thirty years of age, no nation has this. So this demogra- demographic advantage will become an advantage only if we create an inspired, balanced, very clear-minded youth in the country. Otherwise we will be the biggest mess on the planet. So I want you to use your popularity and the following of youth that you have to bring this to them. Uh, I'm thinking of dedicating a certain amount of time for India's youth. I would like you to be in some way part of that and make it happen. I'd <laughs> love to.
4: some questions from the audience. Oh. They're eager to oh, ask I'm you sorry. some questions. <laughs> so Fire! We have these questions appearing uh, through the app Pigeonhole. Can I, have the, can I have the questions, please? So they ask the questions to the app, and then mm-hmm. uh, they get voted upon, and the questions with the top number of votes get picked. Yeah, I can't see it.
2: Technology issues
4: <laughs> Okay, this question, no, is for both of you. To my knowledge, I haven't seen anybody from our IIM alumni becoming a Guruji or an actor. What is your advice and your thoughts on this
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has a manager from IIM, I don't know Would <laughs> be, sir.
2: Could be, um, I don't know. To my knowledge, I haven't seen anybody from our IIM alumnus becoming a Guruji or an actor. What is your advice and thoughts on this? Really? No mystics, no no performers, no? (laughs) What do most IIM alumnus become? You'll have to enlighten me. Sorry, what?
4: They become boring. They become uh, boring?
2: And see, jubilant faces, yeah? (laughs) jubilant.
1: (laughs) So, uh, I think uh, our education system, not just that I am right from kindergarten, is life-taking process. Guruji, why don't you open a school, I would love to send my kids there. You you must come and see my school, how we're running our school. Top. (laughs) Children want to come there before the vacations are over. (laughs) Beautiful. But one school is not good enough. See, we have made education system into an industrial process of turning out certain kind of products. This is a crime against humanity, if you ask me. Right from my childhood, I never understood why I should go to school. So every day when I'm either cycling to school or walking to school, these questions came up to me and most of the time I did not reach the school because existential questions (laughs) engaged me (laughs) So (laughs) when they missed me for too long, uh, you know what happens. All that drama happened, then again I went back for some time and like that. I love that story, sir, sitting and staring, sitting and staring, I love that story. (laughs) (laughs) So about… about about why education does not produce either mystics or (laughs) even actors for that matter, because both of them need some versatility, not a set straight jacket in a straight jacket nobody ever became a mystic in a straight jacket maybe in india certain type of actors you can become <laughs> you can do the same thing in every movie and still you're an actor <laughs> <laughs> No, it's happening here, agreed yeah agreed yeah.
2: <laughs> same movie every, same thing every i time. saw
1: only one of yours so i'm not making judgement on sir
2: mai versatility matlab
1: so If you have a straitjacket, you cannot act, you definitely cannot access other dimensions of life. So this happened to me about uh, maybe ten, eleven years ago. This school where I studied almost forty-five years ago, the trustees of this school came to invite me for their hundred and (laughs) twenty-fifth anniversary. I said, see, please, why me? I was not just a not good student, I was not even a student. I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So… Shall I tell you what they said? (laughs) No, no, Sadhguru, you are
2: the only mystic, you have to come
1: (laughs) He's acting (laughs) (laughs) Homework, sir. (laughs) So now uh, that you know the story, we can leave that
4: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I am alumni may not be actors yet, but I don't know if you're aware, Chetan Bhagat, who's an IIM alumnus, wrote this book based on which Three Idiots was made. And it was incidentally shot at the IMB campus. So, obliquely we are connected to the world <laughs> of films as well.
1: No, definitely there are individuals, but I'm saying the general system, not just IIM, right from early school, it is, it is conditioning the mind mm. to such a limited way of looking at life. You're only cultivating intellect you will see all those people who are using their intellect and thinking they're doing great, all of them become… will become irrelevant in the next 10 to 15 years' time because everything that you can do by gathering data, analyzing and bullshitting everybody in the world (laughs) is not going to work. A simple… a simple gadget, your phone will do it. (laughs) Already the Google lady looks much smarter than you. (laughs) than your professor, isn't it? I… I just did not understand what were they trying to do in that school. I just couldn't figure, what is it they're trying to do? Just reading a damn book to me, they just have to teach me how to read. (laughs) It just goes on for twelve, fifteen, twenty years, the same thing. This… see there are… there are studies which clearly show twenty years of formal education, Seventy percent of your intelligence is irrevocably destroyed <laughs> <laughs> That means you have come out as a knowledgeable idiot <laughs> You'll have to undo it. Then people talk about unlearning, Tch. why? It's simply unnecessary. There are other ways to do education. All you have to do for a human being is to develop their body and their brain to the fullest possible extent, rest they will do. But none of the schools are focused on this, they're only interested in how to cram something in that you don't like so that you can puke on the examination day <laughs> So if you change the system, well, a places of learning definitely must create mystics and actors also, why not? Yes.
4: One of our speakers yesterday, Mr. Saul Singer, who is sitting here, actually spoke about this beautiful model of uh, education in the future, which talked about building resilience and building the other qualities which are not taught today in schools. Okay, Ranveer, we have this question. I think you can take a look at it. I'm not quite sure whether you want me to ask you this question or we'll pass and move on to the next question.
2: I think we should pass.
4: Okay, can we have the next question, please? Sadhguru, there is a growing concern that we have become an intolerant society. Have we really become intolerant?
1: Uh, If you are living in a a newsroom studio, a television studio, then yes But (laughs) I have a huge access on a daily basis to the people of this country. I know this country by first-hand experience. I've traveled and still traveling the country and meeting all sorts of people from tribal women to people like you. So in my experience, the differences of caste, creed, community has come down a lot compared to how it was twenty-five years ago, a lot That is a fact. But still. There are terrible things happening in rural India, still happening, still enormous discrimination, but compared to how it was twenty-five, thirty years ago and how it is today, there is a world of change. There is a huge change. If you do not understand, a thousand-year-old problem cannot be fixed overnight. We just have to keep pushing the positives and get it there. I will tell you a simple thing. This is almost nearly maybe thirty-six, thirty-seven years ago when I first uh, was in a village in Tamil Nadu, I decided to do a program. So somebody offered their large home, so about hundred and fifty people turned up. We did the first day program, then we served a meal to all of them. Second day, only about seventy-five people turned up, then I asked what happened? They said, uh, those people that we called yesterday, they are all that particular caste, whatever that is, we cannot eat with them. I… I said, then I cannot teach you all this. I did not teach, I closed and went back. Then when I went home and I thought about it, I said, this is a thousand-year-old problem. Either you can work towards solution or you can just be very righteous and leave it right there and walk home. Then I went back again and I said, okay, you guys have problem eating with them, don't eat with them. We'll just do the program. They said, okay. So we did the program. At the end of the program, I just devised simple games and made them all play together. They had no problem playing together because no scripture says you should not play together (laughs) So they all played together. That became the Gramatsov movement right now over 10 to 15,000 people participate in the finals of the game, where people gather in huge numbers in Tamil Nadu, over 700 teams from across Tamil Nadu participate in this, men, women, children, all kinds of people participating in these games. These games have taken away the distinctions because whoever plays well, that guy becomes the champion, it doesn't matter what caste or creed he belongs to. So you can see this, that this happened in United States, you hate the blacks but you cannot help having Magic Johnson's poster in your bedroom. You can't just help it because he's magic (laughs) So the same thing we did in a smaller scale in rural Tamil Nadu. Why I'm saying this is this intolerance, intolerance just going on this about, you know, many unfortunate uh, sexual assaults and stuff happening, it's not happening new. Believe me, I have been in the villages and towns, lynchings, these things have always been happening, just not been reported, that's all. Why does this happen? You need to understand, we are not a, a, a state or a country which is ruled by law, it's only society, manages its own law because there is not enough policemen, there's not enough infrastructure. In United States, the average time in which a police car arrives is three minutes and twenty seconds on an average, a policeman arrives fully armed. You think he's got only handgun, no, when he opens his boot, he's got a rifle, a high-powered rifle, he's got a shotgun and sometimes some of them also have like a small stand gun, Three to four weapons he has and two of them come, they could handle a crowd of fifty or hundred people. Here a policeman comes with nothing in his hands. No even lot he doesn't carry, he comes on a bicycle. You don't expect him to handle a frenzied mob. Why is the mob frenzied? I have actually witnessed two lynchings myself. What? Yes. If you live in the villages of this country for twenty to thirty years, minimum one or two lynchings you will definitely witness. I was in a, in a… in my farm where it's a very remote village. One day I just ride into this village and I see a big crowd, I park my motorcycle and I just go and see they're just beating a human being like I've never imagined possible. Then I try to get in and try to stop them. They push me aside and they go ahead and the guy dies there on the street and they bury him right there outside the village. Then the sub-inspector of the local, not in that town, somewhere else close by, the police station is some 10-15 kilometers away, he was a friend of mine, he was my batchmate. So I went there and I told him, what is happening, You, you need to do something about this. He said, I know about it, you don't get into this affair. Somewhere they're building some small dam and somebody starts a rumor all over the place that they are taking children and sacrificing for this dam. In every village this is happening. Any strange looking guy enters that village, it's finished. That's… they're going to steal their children. So now it is found technological support, the rumors are spreading much faster. But even before it was happening unfortunately, this is because we are… there is no law enforcement. This is the way mob enforces law unfortunately. We need to change this means It needs education, it needs evolution of the society and it needs enforcement. We are not capable of enforcing law for 1.3 or 4 billion people with the number of policemen that we have. It is always the society which decides how to enforce the law. So it is very sad but today people are catching it on the mobile phone so you are seeing it but I am telling you, if you live in a village for twenty-five, thirty years, you will definitely see at least one lynching in your life, almost in every village. This happens unfortunately. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, we'll just ask. Kiran, would you like to ask Sadhguru a question? So Sadhguruji, you said uh, that you know, we should not be the problem but a part of the solution. And you also talked You know, I know that you are so committed and concerned about the rivers of our country. And you've also basically tried to engage, you know, the country, youth and various parts of the society to really understand what this issue is. How successful have you been up to now in getting people to understand why they need to be part of this solution?
1: Uh, That last part of the question I like because making people understand is the biggest problem. As you know that you were also part of that rally, when I started speaking about rivers, you won't believe at least twenty to twenty-five percent of the media across the country went on reporting that Sadhguru wants river linking to happen I went on saying this is not about river linking, this is about river revitalization. Ah, yes, yes, river linking. (laughs) I'm saying uh, professional reporters, reporting like this all over the place. Some, I think by intent to just to mislead the public, some it's fixed in their head. Rivers means linking because so many people have spoken about linking, they think it's about linking. This is a fundamental thing we need to understand. Our rivers in this country are largely rain-fed or forest-fed rivers. Only four percent of our river water is glacier-fed. We are always trying to do what Europe does or America does. Most of our modules we've picked up in the form of dams, in the form of canals. This is all imitation of European way of doing things. But they are temperate climates. Here we have only forty to forty-eight days of precipitation or rain in a year. This forty-eight days of rain that comes down, we are supposed to preserve in the land for three hundred and sixty-five days. The only and only way you can do this is to enrich the soil and keep it in shade. There is simply no other way. There is no great technology involved in this. It needs a forest. The land should be full of humus and there should be shade only then rivers will flow. There, for example in Europe, the precipitation is anywhere between hundred and eighty to hundred and ninety days in a year. And their precipitation is not in the form of rain, it is in the form of snow. If one foot of snow falls, it will take another fifteen, twenty, thirty days sometimes to melt and slowly drip in. If you count that also as precipitation, those number of days where it's dripping in, then the precipitation goes up to 230 to 240 days. So 240 days of precipitation, 45 days of precipitation. Can you address these two problems the same way? Then immediately people will jump and say, you know Israel is doing a great job. Please understand Israel is transforming desert into a fertile land. We are transforming a very fertile land into desert. These are two different things. So have we managed to make the whole nation understand? Maybe not, but we have managed to make the central government understand, Niti Aayog understand, a few state governments to understand and the policy, almost eighty percent of the recommendations are already in the policy and budget is being allocated for at least about twenty to… twenty to thirty percent of the policy budget is being allocated. It is less than a year. I think it's very, very agile response from the government. It's phenomenal. And uh, United Nations took this up in a big way and on March 22nd, which was the World Water Day, we launched uh, what is called as a decade of action because the recommendations we have made is relevant for all tropical nations. So a decade of action has been launched by United Nations behind which there is a budget of some two-point-billion dollars. (laughs) So where people should understand, they have understood, rest of the population also should understand, it's very important. But this rally for rivers, all of you should understand, was driven mainly to make policy changes. First thing they will ask is, okay, where shall we plant trees? I said, no, you don't plant trees. What should we… Do? what… what should you do? There are three things you should do. You must make… give a missed call, you must uh, make your friend give a missed call and make his friend give a missed call and that's all you do. Missed call, will it bring up a river? No, this is a democratic society. Here, unless there are numbers, nothing will change. You need numbers <laughs> And because we got hundred-and-sixty-two million people supporting the Rally for Rivers which is the largest movement ever on the planet. Because of that, because of that overwhelming support from ev- all the people in the country, we gave the policy document to the Prime Minister at 6.15 or 6.20 in the evening. Next day morning by about 11 o'clock, we get a call from the PMO saying, Prime Minister has formed a special cell and they want a soft copy of the policy. I thought that's fantastic. That's never happened in this country before
2: <laughs> That's really something, Guruji. That's awesome.
1: It's those Round of applause really. <laughs> I will also give missed calls. No, that's… time is over missed call now. (laughs) Missed call business is over. (laughs) Now I told you, you must stand up for the youth of the country.
4: (laughs) Ranveer, here's a question for you. How do you manage to pull off that bundle of energy, all that bundle of energy?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Everybody (laughs) asks me this, Guruji, how are you so energetic? And I really don't have an answer. I think I'm really excited about life. You know, I'm really like enthusiastic, I want to do many things, exp- have many experiences. I have a zeal for life, a lust for life, I love it. I love people, I, I'm, I'm hungry for experiences um, and I don't know, I don't know, everybody asks me this question all the time, what is the, what is the secret of your high energy? And I really don't know what to say.
1: Uh, you must just tell them you're still young. <laughs> I'm still young. <laughs> they should ask me that question to me, Sadhguru… You are also like this, so full you of life and dying, energy. You should dying, why are you so energetic? Then I would tell them something, you must just say, I'm still young man, what are you asking such a question? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please. How do you… Uh, how do you… sometimes I feel like I hope I can keep it up, you know. I hope I don't get jaded with everything that I see around me. Um, Sometimes I get very disturbed. I watch the news and I get… I get really like… It really gets me down. Do you watch the news?
1: Always. I get… I get depressed sometimes. A Lot of people think uh, the ostrich trick will work. Ostrich trick, trick does not work with life. If you're living in a protected atmosphere, it may work for some time. Hiding from the realities of life is not an answer. So, do I do I get to watch the news every day? Maybe not but I keep abreast of news some way. But about your concern about will I be able to keep this up? Well, it's very much possible for every human being if they just do a few things right with how they sit, how they stand, how they breathe, how they eat. If they just take care of a few things, a simple process, Every human being is capable living in a very energetic way throughout their life. Most of them are sitting wrong, standing wrong, breathing wrong, eating wrong and they're wondering why it's not working. It doesn't work like that. In this life, in this planet, unless you do the right things, right things won't happen to you.
2: So okay. many other this, things
1: this I want session, to address. This
4: session needs a fitting finale. Yeah. So we have a request from the audience, can we see Ranveer and Sadhguruji dancing <laughs> together on stage? <laughs> <laughs> to music that will be chosen by the organizing team. <laughs>
1: No no, they didn't come to see me dancing. This is somebody who is not here. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway this questioner cannot see, right? He's not here. Here you are. Oh, they're here. Let's organize a party in the evening. <laughs> <Huh>? Few minutes.
2: Few minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, main kitne leta kitnake few minutes ke <laughs>
1: let the managers negotiate and then we will see <laughs> 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 Sir, i am ever ready you know me
3: so
4: can we have the music
1: please alle <laughs>
2: which means everybody in here has to get up and do the same step. Come on.
4: spiritual cool and the other who epitomizes youthful exuberance, Sadhguruji and Ranveer Singh, both equally charismatic. We'd just like to give you a small token of our appreciation, please. May I request our Suman and Amit to come on stage to give a small token of our appreciation to Sadhguruji and Ranveer. Can we have the mementos, please? Thank you, Guruji, thank you Ranvi for a cracker of a session. Everyone remain seated, please. Thank you.
3: Thank you once again, and thank
4: you all for being a very appreciative and engaged audience. We'll be taking a short break for coffee tea now, and we'll assemble back here in about 10, 15 minutes.
3: We'll be taking a
4: short break now for about 10, 15 minutes for coffee and tea. Please come back here in about 15 minutes for the next session.